Hey, 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 welcome back to Is This Making Sense? Dialogues in the Pursuit of Wisdom, Balance, Leadership, and Everything in Between. My name is Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray, and today we're going to talk about... Today we're going to talk about our attitude and our aptitude. Um, And we really don't know how to define this topic, but we know, and we've just been sharing some thoughts back and forth, and we know that this is something we should talk about. The idea that we've got to have a good attitude, but there is a knowledge base, there is a aptitude level of whatever it is we're doing that we we need to have. And it's finding that balance between um, having a good attitude and having a good knowledge base, have, you know, just being smart about something. Um, but one without the other, um, it doesn't inco- work. It, it's, it's incomplete. Yeah. So if you're if you're a hundred percent aptitude, you're just brilliant. You're a hot shot, but your attitude stinks. Nobody's going to work with you. Nobody wants to work around somebody like that. But if you've got the greatest attitude, you're the best team player, but you don't know what you're doing. You're a buffoon. Nobody, you're not going to get anything done. So you can't have you can't have all or none. It's got to be a balance in there somewhere. So I think we're going to try to talk about today where where do we think that balance should lie. So for me, when I think about attitude, the, when I hear that word, I, the first thing that goes back to me for when I was uh, uh, in college was John Maxwell, and it was attitude determines altitude. Mm. Uh, you know, he's got all those little sayings, mm-hmm. and, and that saying has always stuck with me is that my attitude will determine how high I go in life. Um, and having a good attitude has, uh, has helped me many, many times when my knowledge base my expertise has been severely lacking. Mm. How would you define, when we say good attitude, what, what are we saying when we say that? Well, it's this idea that, you know, I'm going to be a hard worker, I'm going to get in there, and I'm just going to do whatever is needed of me. So if someone says, hey, today we need you to just get coffee for everybody, then I'm going to get coffee with a good attitude. If someone says, you know, going back to my first job at Ward's Corner Sporting Goods, it was, hey, just be on the floor in retail, I had no experience in retail, but I knew that, you know what, I'm just do whatever my manager tells me to do, um, or slash store owner, it was a small mom and pop sporting goods store, dreamed of working there. So <laughs> all I knew was I like sports and I wanted to work here. I didn't have any other retail experience. I didn't know how to operate a cash register. I didn't know anything. So I was just going to go in and do whatever they're told they tell me to do. So that's how I, I came define. Out good attitude. Yeah, just good attitude. I read, uh, Tina Fey has a book called, I forget what it's called, but she's got her one book. I forget what it's called, uh, Boss, something. Anyways, uh, she talks about kind of the way that she shaped her attitude. And she said that in improv, everything within the improv is a yes and. So when you're improvising some sort of story and you set something up for your partner, the, 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 uh, the idea is that, okay, I'm handing this off and you're going to say yes and. And, and that's what I, and that, that's how she kind of has done her career. Like, yes. And I'm, what about this show? Well, yes. And not that you can't adjust it, but it's a yes first. And I like that idea of when somebody comes to you, they need something or, you know, they want to collaborate, whatever it is, or even it's an issue. Yes. And I think your attitude is the first part of your reputation. I mean, if you've got a bad attitude, everybody knows instinctively when when someone's describing to you, oh, this person, such and such, they've just got such a bad attitude. You really don't have to go beyond that to figure out what that person or how that person's describing you. Just like that. Oh, man, they've just got the best attitude. You understand what that person and and what they're saying about you. And that's why I say attitude over aptitude any day. But, you know, as you've, you've, we've talked, you're like, no, 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 no. There needs to be a knowledge base. There needs to be Mm -hmm. a skill set. So we don't want to just say those that are, 
brilliant, um, you know, they can fall by the wayside. No, 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 no. We definitely need people with a skill set, with a good knowledge base. I was talking to a, a guy that's been on our podcast before, actually, Caleb Panter, about it. And he said in their curriculum that he does, they talk about character versus competency. So you, you have to have both. You have to have good, strong character, that good attitude, but you also have have to have competency. You can't be a, you can't be a buffoon and get things done. So I, I like that language around it. Also, the book is called Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. It's really good. Um, I think about uh, I think about so you know before for about eight or nine years or so. I at, at, at our work, I was a commercial photographer, videographer. And so a lot of what we did was on film sets, commercial film sets. And so that is a different world, just like every job place has its own language and vernacular and, and etiquettes and whatnot. The film world has its for sure. And it, it's a different environment. And so we would do we, we would hire out all these freelancers and we would operate literally like a film set. And it's got its own hierarchy and whatnot. And so, you know, at first I was a newbie, this, that, and the other, and I learned the ropes and this, that, and the other. And then as I'd been there for seven, eight, nine years, and so I knew, I wouldn't say I knew everything. I was familiar with everything. I knew what my role was. I had experience. I could, I was very competent there. And I, and I like to think that I had a good attitude. Well, as I would see new players come in, we would get a young freelancer, a young, uh, in, in the in the film world, the production assistant is kind of the bottom. So if, you want, if you're going to be a PA on the set, that's kind of the bottom. Bottom. And that's where a lot of new people come in and they're hungry. And I, I'd see all different kind of attitudes that would come in. And my most favorite one was the one that was with a big smile, knew they didn't know anything and was just ready to be of some sort of assistance. And that was because I knew their competency was super low. We were not, they were not here because they were competent. They're here because they had warm, hopefully excited blood and they're looking to get stuff done. Uh, what I what I drove me crazy is when we'd have these young guns come in that thought they knew everything already. It's day one on set and they've got it all figured out. They're trying to help and they're just all they're going around is is hurting because they have no idea what they're doing and they're loud and obnoxious. And I never want to hire them again. It sounds like you were working with young Seth, young <laughs> me, because that's exactly how I, I kind of felt when I first started out working. Especially it's like I graduated college and I thought. I just had all the ideas. I knew how businesses should run, and I knew why things weren't working out. And I remember early on when I started out in the marketing world where I'd start sharing all these ideas and all these pitches and, you know, it was creative meetings, and it was like everybody looked at me like deer, you know, caught in headlights of like, what is he talking about? No, that <laughs> idea will not happen at all. I remember I showed one video, and everybody's like, what in the world is he talking about? And I just – I just blamed it on everybody else. Um, but that's just how I internally felt. Mm. Now, on the flip side of that is that I didn't let anybody know that I was frustrated. I didn't let anybody know that I, you know, uh, knew everything. And I thought, I, you know, I this is how I felt. I kind of hid that. And thankfully, I hid it because if I would have let everybody know my bad attitude about why they didn't like my idea, then I would not have gotten, I think, uh, further along in my career. Yeah. Because your attitude really does, it, it determines your your uh, uh, the direction of your life. I mean, if you just can't get with it that, hey, I don't know everything, just start with that attitude, that mindset of there's something I don't know. If you can go into every meeting like that, if you can go into every conversation just with that little bit of humility, I, I think you're going to go much further in life. I think one of my favorite things to say, and I think it is very underrated and underused because pride gets in the way, but I don't know is a wonderful answer. And I think right now it would be 
really helpful for a lot of people to use that answer. I don't know instead of making a bunch of junk up, especially with everything that's going on with the civil unrest, COVID unrest, all the different things. I don't know is a good answer. I think we're just so too prideful to, to not have the answer. And so I want to flash back to, to what I was saying before on the film set. So, you know, the, the, these, these PAs would come up to me and say, you know, what, you have any advice for how to make it in the film world? You know, cause at that point I was, whether it was the director of photography or uh, camera assistant, whatever it was, it was a higher up and they're just kind of trying to get to that place. What, what do you think I should do? It's like, well, I want you to be nice to everybody you see on the set, period. Be kind to everyone. That's my first piece of advice, and that's true anywhere. But the other thing is, right now you don't know anything, and that's okay. I don't know is an acceptable answer, but the best piece of advice I can give you is you see that stand over there, that silver thing that's standing up in the ground? It's called a C-stand, and everything on a film set revolves around a C-stand. It's the most rudimentary piece of equipment that we have, but if you're versatile with that thing and you know what you're doing, all of a sudden you have value to me. And if you have a smile and you have value, you've already moved up. So it sounds really, really simple, but having a base level of very important competence and a smile with kindness is going to take you a long way. And that sounds so simple, but why would I not want somebody like that that could be useful and helpful versus this person that still doesn't know how to wrap a cable or thinks they're so smart, but they don't know how to even set one flag on set. So again, it's, I would rather somebody that doesn't know anything that's willing to learn, has a good work ethic and a smile. So what I heard out of there, something that just rings true for me is that if you want to gain influence in my life, be a servant leader, but your attitude determines if you'll have influence because what you said there was be great at a C stand and I don't even know what a C stand is <laughs> but be great at a C stand and then have a smile on your face because what's going to happen it sounds like is that someone's going to look over there they're going to see that you know how to operate a C stand and they're going to be like either oh great Eric's over there because he's got a smile on his face Great, I can tell Eric, Eric, move that C-stand, adjust it, no problem. Or I can look over there and I can see Eric and I go, oh, I gotta, I gotta, if I have to tell Eric to move the C-stand then I'm gonna get this roll of the eyes or this grunt or something, I'm gonna have to work with him but I'm not gonna enjoy working mm -hmm. with him mm -hmm. even though he's, he's great at the C-stand. <sighs> yeah. Like all that goes through someone's mind before they give you direction. That don't let that doubt you. Just because they're giving you direction doesn't mean all these other thoughts about you aren't going through their mind. So make it easy and simple. Oh, Eric's over there. Great. Smile. Eric, move that C-stand. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I know you meant to set it that way, but can you adjust it? Yeah. And you're like, sure, no exactly. problem. Yeah, exactly. I think humility, we talk about a lot about humility, but it goes such a long way at that point. I think uh, I love working with people who are eager to learn not to impress especially early on, you should be eager to learn not to impress. And then later on, kind of where I'm at kind of in my life now, it's like, I want to be eager to serve, not to impress. So it's kind of like, at first I want to learn everything and not try to impress anybody. But now that I've learned, I've learned more and more and more, and I now have value that I can share. Now I want to be eager to serve with what I have, not to impress, to show people what I know. I love that. I want to slow down and say that one more time, because I need to hear that. Be eager to learn and then be eager to serve. I That's something... I, I need that now. So I think that's good. You know, we talked about aptitude and, and something I was reading in Jack Welch. He's he's the former uh, CEO of GE, General Electric, and he was massive under his leadership. And uh, he's since passed away. But I was reading, uh, you know, his, his biography on leadership. And it was so funny because GE right now, I don't think I could ever work in any capacity at GE because they're so smart over there. 
and and they have developed so many things. I mean, it's engineers and scientists and researchers and all this Six stuff. Six Sigma. Yeah, <laughs> Six Sigma. But one of the things that he said that they were always looking for when they're hiring leaders, and this is this it caught my eye. One thing that they're always looking for when they hiring leaders, they put them through this this filter. Do they have this? And what caught my eye was the things that they listed of do they check these boxes had nothing to do with how smart they were. It, to me, it all centered around the idea of what is their attitude like? And here are the things that they said. One, what is their energy? What's their vibe like? Do they energize others? Do they have an edge about them? And then do they execute? Do they get the job done? It wasn't, what was, what was their GPA? What are their certifications? Now, granted, the baseline at G, GE was probably already at a high-level aptitude-wise. Mm-hmm. So amongst everybody, amongst all, all, all the folks that were certified and had a expertise in the area, what was going to separate you at GE was, do you have energy about yourself? Do you energize others? Do you have an edge in the sense that you, you, know, you will do what it takes? And then do you get things done? Mm. It was nothing about how many certifications do you have? It was, what is your attitude? That's what will separate you from everyone else. That's really interesting. I wonder. I wonder how they measure that early on. Is it, I guess it's just a feel. I think it's a feel. I think they they looked at it at first when they when I was reading it at first they just had three. It was just edge, energize, or excuse me, it was energy, energize other, and uh, execution. And then realized they had to put in their edge because there was this. You have to make a decision. You've got to be willing to hire or quit a project or let someone go. So do you have an edge about you? Um, but the first three that they started with was energy, energize other, and execution. I think um, I love that. So I think I think in this mix, when we talk about uh, aptitude and attitude, the one thing that we can that absolutely cannot be missed within all of this is a strong work ethic. I think you can. I, I think you can have. I think it's hard to have a good attitude or have good aptitude if you don't have a good work ethic. So I, I don't, I don't want to over overstate. Like just by having a good attitude and being willing to learn doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to have a high competency because uh, getting places takes work and it takes a lot of work. And so I want to say that out loud. Like it's not just being nice that gets you places. It's being nice and working hard, working really hard. Yes. Um, a quick quick story. Um, my nephew Luke. Um, he just started out at a country club. He's never worked at a golf country club before. And so he started out as just a front desk attendee. Basically, he sat there, and as people came in, he smiled, and he checked them in. A week into him being there, or excuse me, two weeks into him being there, working with people, getting to know people, they promoted him to a supervisor. Woo. Not because he had an expertise in anything country club related, anything in golf, anything in lifeguard. Any, he didn't have an expertise in any of that. But what he had was he walked in with a good attitude every day for two weeks where they saw something in him and said, you know what? He's got the right attitude. We can train him with the attitude. I mean, with the aptitude. Mm-hmm. So let me say that again. He's got the right attitude. We can train him with the aptitude. And now he's over all those people that were originally equal to him, all because he came in there with a good attitude. I'm going to smile. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to say yes to whatever's asked of me. And boom. And now he's over all these people setting schedules and, and managing a whole team at 17 years old. Where to go, Luke? Yeah. As I hear that, the thing I think of is, is I think so many people probably start with that good attitude, but then they get some level of success, and that's where it can start to slip away. 
because you, oh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm this now. I don't have to do these things it took to get this. I think that's when it's important to dig into what got you there in the first place. Yeah. So, um, so now transitioning a little bit. So I, I have a new role at work, and so I'm now overseeing people, and I can say firsthand that uh, it makes me even more myself want to have a good attitude, but also to work with people who have a good attitude. Because I can I can say with all honesty that um, that I tend towards those who are easy to work with, and I am more cautious to those with whom I often find friction, and that's just natural. Why would I want to? It's a lot of energy to go uh, up against something that you know it's going to be uh, contentious versus somebody that's like got a smile and is just so willing to help and it's just eager. So I want to be that person. I want to be around those people that have that good attitude. At the same time, if I had somebody on my team, which I don't, they, we I work with a bunch of experts that they're they just are just shining stars. But if I had somebody on there that was just an underachiever. At the same time, I wouldn't want to work with that either. So again, it's still that balance, but the attitude is the first thing that comes to mind when I think about having a conversation with someone. Yes, I think uh, my, I tend to lean on having a whatever it takes mentality, good attitude, positive, whatever's asked of me, because I, and, and this is maybe where I feel insecure because I don't feel like I've got an expertise in something. So I respect those that are very uh, have a high knowledge base in a certain you know uh, uh, segment or you know industry whatever it might be. So I tend to get more to get quieter around somebody who seems to be an expert. Obviously, in a field that I don't know, I work with uh, a lot of guys that do, um, for lack of a better word, um, data analytics. Mm -hmm. So when I'm around them, I want to speak less, listen more serve more uh, because they know a lot more than I do. So I'm trying to always um, put myself around people that have a high knowledge base um, and that I can come along and work with them because I've got a good attitude. Yeah. You, you saying that so, reminds me of something I was in my preparation that I wrote down. I wrote this, good attitudes tend to attract, great aptitude without humility tends to isolate. I think people that are really, really good at stuff and know they're good at stuff have a tendency of pushing others away. I've, I've worked with people um, that are very smart, very smart, but they know that they're very smart. And you can't deny that they're getting a lot of, they're, they're, they're achieving great things, but they know they are. And they have a way of kind of keeping you at arm's length with their language and their intellect. And like I said, great aptitude with a bad attitude isolates and so as you said that not that not that the people that were, you were talking with uh that they that you were mentioning i make you feel like that but it is easy when you're around somebody smart if they don't go out of their way to make it you know to be humble or be kind it is easy to to feel like maybe you need to be quiet or you don't shouldn't spend much time with them and my motive is to get everybody to work together uh my motive is if we are all on the same page, we're all headed towards accomplishing the same goal, then I'm much more fulfilled and excited. I struggle with operating on the island. And, um, I, you know, so th that's why when I see someone with a bad attitude or whatever, I struggle to engage with them because I'm wanting everybody to, to move forward together and work as a team. Uh, I don't really relate to the leadership style and, and what appears of everything I've read of like a Steve Jobs or Elon Musk, super smart guys, accomplished so much. But my inspiration 
of leading and of learning doesn't really come from those types of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very high, high aptitude, but tend to me seem to be an island. Yeah. It's funny when you were saying those two, I, I just got finished. Not well, I watched it about a month or two ago, but the last dance of Michael Jordan. Have you, did you watch it? Yes. Oh yeah. It was phenomenal. What do you think about him in terms of a leader? Cause it's like, he is literally win at all costs. And then you have Pippen who takes over for Jordan for a while and is a much nicer guy, but doesn't win as many games. So it's like, it is that hard balance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. It's I, I, I'm always reflecting of kind of what kind of wake am I leading or leaving, 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 excuse me. And, um, I, Jordan's the best and, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but I don't connect with it. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard. It's interesting. I gravitate to leaders that tend to be, um, let's all work together. Let's all have a good attitude. And at the same time, if you're not in into let's work hard, let's do whatever it takes, then I'll, I'll probably just, you know, not invite you back to the meeting. You know, yeah. because your attitude for me, and, and this is two things, and I don't mean to take it in a different direction, but when I think of having a good attitude and ap- attitude over aptitude, my attitude has bailed me out when I've messed up. Yeah. So say it's a project and I didn't, I didn't do it right or, you know, something in it failed. My attitude, because I had a reputation of having a good attitude, of doing whatever it takes, it's given me the benefit of the doubt to those above me and those I've worked with. So my attitude bails me out a lot. And then my attitude is also open doors that my title and my experience wouldn't allow me to be in the room, be in the conversation, be asked what, you know, my opinion, but my attitude has opened the doors. Uh, so I think I can touch on that. So, um, Enneagram nines are peacemakers. By nature, a peacemaker is somebody that uh, has a great attitude. They're easy to be around. Here's the thing: peacemaking peacemakers often find their way to the top of the pyramid. Uh, I think in more in, in many ways because they are just so great to work with. So here here's some notable peacemakers that in, in in the world: Abraham Lincoln is thought to have been a nine. Ronald Reagan nine. Gerald Ford, Queen Elizabeth II, Walt Disney, and most recently Barack Obama uh, is as a nine. And you think about it; these are people that are at incredible well is, is the pinnacle of leadership there's not much higher than what i just labeled and, and and they are peacemakers by nature i think it's like if you have somebody on your team that's easy to work with you want them around you and so when you're talking about your attitude bailing you out or get you into the doors maybe you didn't think that you or your aptitude should have allowed it's like well it's because they wanted you at the table not because of some knowledge that you brought but just because an energy that you brought or that you you make people better. You being in that room made that room better, made that conversation better. Maybe maybe it wasn't any same great idea you had, but just your energy bringing to the table made things better. And I think that if we have a bad attitude or if we are uh, not self-aware and we're thinking, you know, if we're like, man, I'm the smartest one in the room and they're not listening to me. Well, what is that saying? That you're creating an island for yourself, as we said before, but your attitude is turning people off to where they won't listen. And here's the greatest example I can give. <laughs> At least I don't know if it's the greatest example. That might be exaggeration, but it's an, it's something I'm living through right now. My kids would probably get so much more stuff and get so much more permission and be allowed whatever they're at, you know, get away with whatever they wanted to if they had better attitudes. But because they go into whatever it is with a bad attitude, that's the thing that sets it off for me. Whatever it might be, I wanna give my kids the world. 
I want to let them almost get away with whatever they want, but their attitude is the trigger mm. that helps me shut it off. Yeah. Helps me go, nah, not buying that for you. Mm-hmm. Nah, not letting you stay up. Nope, not going to go stop mm. at QT. The attitude is what is closing all of their doors. And I'm trying to show that every day to them. I'm like, I would have given that to you right now, but your attitude just totally helped me say no. I think there's no more perfect example for me than, than that. I think of, I think of so many times that their attitude they didn't know what they were they didn't know the doors their attitude was opening. Like when June does something really sweet for Dash and she doesn't even realize how sweet it is, it's like, oh June, here's seven cookies. Here's everything that you and she's like, Oh, I didn't even know I didn't even know I could have this like but she has no idea, but it's the other the other side when it's like like you're saying, the, the the attitude stinks. It's like I'm not giving you a stick or a stone at this point. I'm not getting nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's so. It's that's a perfect example. That's and, a perfect and, example. and that's what I'm going through right now. And that's what helps me check things. You know, is that what what kind of attitude do I have? Uh, if I'm ungrateful, um, why wasn't I invited in on that conversation at work? Um, I I can normally point it back to my my attitude. So let me ask, let me ask our audience this. How is your attitude and how can you know what your attitude is? Uh, one of the quotes we've used in here before is what do you do to a room? I think if, if you, I think if you're leading a group, if you're in a group, whatever it is, if you're leading your family, whatever it might be, ask those around you, what you do to the room, how your attitude is, what sort of energy do you bring to an environment? Cause if you don't know that and you've you haven't asked that question lately, it's probably important that you, you take a little bit of a uh, personal inventory and a check because, you like you said, what kind of wake are you leaving? Uh, what kind of wake are we leaving? Uh, and so I, I would encourage our audience to, to try and uh, dig into that this week. And I would encourage you to, to find the right balance because uh, someone like myself, I tend to be over or just have a great attitude and figure it out. And I'm working with people and, and they need to bring they need me to bring a level of competency to 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 the to the room. And so try to find that right balance. Try to find out where it's, it's I'm gonna work hard with a good attitude and I'm gonna increase my knowledge so that when I come into the room with people that know a lot, I can speak the same language and gain their respect that way. Yeah, but never feel, never feel that you have to speak beyond your aptitude because I don't know is a good answer. If you don't know, just be it's okay that you don't know i just i've been thinking a lot about that over the summer it's like i wish more people were okay with just saying i don't know so that's a tangent so we hope this conversation made sense and we hope it gave you something to think about thanks so much for listening you know you had it all